traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Hey, equestrians, it's Thursday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, time for the International Equine Report. And it's going to be kind of crazy today because I didn't really organize it, and it's organized but I don't know what order it's going to come in, so we're going to take it as it goes. Um, we're getting uh, towards the end of the year here, and all the equestrians uh, can sit back during the holidays and, and you know, relax a little bit maybe and, and kind of think about their past year and where they're going in the next year, um, which is going to be very important, uh, you know, to do. And uh, it, it's um, it's something that you got to start now. Uh, you got to sit down with Pad and uh, and pen and paper and take that um, organizational pad out and start organizing your year to come. Uh, that, that's the main thing to do, uh, you know, to get in and, and uh, evaluate your feeding system and um, your training system and do an evaluation of your whole all, overall operation. Um, and, and this is the time to do it uh, because there's not a, a whole lot of shows coming up, not a whole lot of racing coming up. Um, not a whole lot of sales coming up. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a break. You can get out of the normal uh, pattern that you're in and start organizing yourself. And that, that's very, very key this time of year uh, when you start doing that. Because, uh, and, and trust me, once you get um, organized and once you get a, a system down and you get your plans in, in motion, uh, the best thing in the world that will happen out of this is you'll get a peace of mind. And you'll be able to train and you'll work with your horses and your barn and your stables uh, more closely um, when, when you uh, organize. And so that's, you know, what we're trying to tell everybody to do now is get organized. Uh, uh, like I said, evaluate your feed program, um, evaluate your training program, evaluate your staff um, and your owners that you, you might have, and just see where you stand with them and what needs to be done and, and to improve or just maybe just left alone. Uh, you know, that type of thing. It's good to have a good plan uh, of what you're getting ready to do. And one of the things that I like to do is sit down and plan um, my schedule out, such as uh, shows, uh, horse racing, sales, that type of thing. And, and that helps when you start getting the focus. You kind of throw everything out on the paper and say, okay, well, I'd like to go to, this um, this year I'll be going to uh, Kentucky, Maryland, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, Georgia, California, Texas, uh, Colorado, that type of thing. And, and then once you kind of get where you're going, you can start planning, uh, you know, how you're going to get there. And what we really suggest uh, to a lot of the horsemen, especially the show horse people, um, is going to camping world. Uh, go to Camping World and take a look at all their vehicles that they have, the fifth wheels, um, all the, uh, the Class C trailers. Uh, you you kind of take a look and see what all they have and see which one would fit your, your program for the year. And what I like about this is that uh, if you find out uh, you like a, a particular trailer, uh, then you can sit down with them and, and talk to them how you would like to have it. And uh, I'm finding now, and I'm looking into this very strongly, um, what they call the toy haulers and, and the, the fifth wheels that they have that have the bunkhouses in them. Now, I, I found out from um, uh, one of the dealers that you can go to uh, the Camping World people and tell them, for example, uh, about the bunkhouse. The bunkhouse uh, usually has a half bathroom and uh two beds in it and like a dresser and, you know, things to uh, store, you know, have people come in and visit and stay. Well, I found out that the toy hauler and the bunkhouses can be converted over into offices. And it's really nice. Uh, you can go in and you can tell them how you want it, what, what you want in it. Uh, you don't have to have the beds in them. Um, you can have uh, a regular uh, office built right into your trailer. And like I said, it usually has a half bathroom. So if you have any people over, you know, for business or entertaining, um, you have a half bath right there and you don't have to use your own personal bath in the front, front part of the trailer. Uh, 
because uh, it separates you from uh, your living quarters and your bedroom and your bathroom into the toy hauler and, and, and to the bunkhouse. And, and that's the great thing about you know, setting out and making these plans. And it sure is awful nice when you're out on the road and you can um, uh, take a, a nice RV, uh, Camping World RV, uh, out with you and, and you have your office and you have everything that you possibly can need in that trailer uh, when you're at the showgrounds and are racing or what have you, because then you don't have to be running all over town and taking up all your valuable time uh, doing the things that you need to do. And this is kind of like, um, uh, almost kind of like an infomercial that we're talking about now, is uh, now that you have, you know, uh, can go to Camping World and see all the uh, RVs that they have, then you need other things to go along with it. And, and these all go into your plans. And there's a company that I've been dealing with for the last uh, three years. It's called ship.com. And anywhere you go in the country, you put in the zip code wherever you're at into um, the ship uh, website, and they tell you what um, grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, um, things that they have in that area that they, that they service. And what's really nice about it, if you're going into Kentucky, you just uh, uh, put in your zip code for Kentucky, uh, for Lexington there, and they come up and you'll see like they'll have like Kroger's or Myers, uh, They'll have CVS. They'll have Walgreens um, in there as far as, you know, um, pharmaceutical needs and, and uh, you know, grocery needs. And, and they have uh, other, other stores. They have a wide variety of stores that cover everything that you might need. And what I like about SHIP is, is like if I'm at the showgrounds, all I do is I get on the Internet, I, I uh, place my order, I go shopping on the Internet, place my order, and then they deliver it right to the showgrounds. Uh, they can do, deliver it right to your farm. They can deliver it to a hotel room. Uh, shoot, I, I even had them delivering uh, stuff to me when I was in the hospital uh, for two and a half months here just uh, six months ago. And, and that was nice. Uh, and so that's part of your organizational plan. Then you don't have to be running all around uh, the country, you know, uh, fighting traffic, uh, going in and out, uh, you know, um, of the showgrounds. It can all be delivered to you right there. And the other thing uh, that's crucial that we have on our website is, it will be the Weather Channel. Um, the Weather Channel uh, is good anywhere you're at. You put the good old zip code in. And they will tell you exactly uh, what your weather is going to be, um, what the uh, forecast is. And the other thing I like about it is you can also plan your trip if you're driving. Uh, you can plan your trip along the way and see where the weather is going to be good, bad, or, you know, indifferent all the way up so that you can plan your trip and make allowances for, you know, bad weather, rain, snow, or whatever you might be going through. So, you know, that, that's what we like about the Weather Channel. Um, uh, you know, having access to that. And this is, like I said, this is all part of the organizational um, process that you go through to get into your show season because these are things that once you have them in place, they never go away. You don't have to backtrack. You don't have to get out, uh, you know, on the Internet to, um, you know, start searching for uh, hotels or, you know, what, whatever. Uh, this is all part of the organizational thing. That's something that you can do right from your trailer, from your hotel room, from your farm, wherever you're at. And you can uh, take care of that any place in the country. And, and that's very important to be able to do that. And also uh, get with your feed dealer uh, and, and make sure that they know where you're going to be going, uh, when you're going to be there, and they can tell you what uh, outlets that they have uh, in that area that can do your feed distribution. And that's why we always suggest that you go with hallway feed because they're literally everywhere in the country and, you know, you're just a, a click on the internet or a phone call away of being able to have your feed delivered to you at the showgrounds, the racetracks, uh, um, you know, wherever you go, you, you, you've got that there uh, to, at your disposal to make things a lot easier. And again, uh, it's one of those deals that um, it's a one-time thing. Uh, once you get connected with them and, and uh, start working with them, uh, all you got to do is you're, you're saying, you know, hey, look, uh, we're leaving Florida. We're going to Kentucky and, and to New York. 
um, this is the dates that we're going to be there. Who do we get our feed from? And you can arrange all that. Once you get all these things uh, start building up and you start arranging, uh, you know, a good relationship with them, it makes things a lot easier from when you're on the road or, or you're racing or, or you're showing or going to the sales or what have you. A very, very good thing. And then um, the other thing that we also suggest is to get with um, a, a good um, travel company. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, you probably have your own preferences. And then that way, when you're traveling, you can set all your, uh, if you need a hotel room or transportation, you can set all that up, you know, prior to you going uh, to wherever you're at. And, and believe you me, those are the kind of headaches that, that really make a, a, an enjoyable show or a good horse racing or a good sales, um, you know, a lot easier on you. Uh, you know, you take a little bit of that worry off of you. And, and so it's very important this time of year to, to organize and get everything ready to go. And then uh, one of the last things that, that um, we like to do is sit down with our employees and talk to them and see how they feel about the upcoming season, uh, what can we do to make them, uh, you know, uh, an easier uh, job for them, uh, you know, because they're, they're the guys that are in the, in the, on the farm 24-7. And, and there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, that can, can be done. And, and it's kind of funny. Uh, I was just talking about with a friend of mine uh, today. He works in the thoroughbred industry, and he he, he stays here year-round. And, and then his his friends and his brother have come down for the season. And we were talking about, you know, what can make their season a little better this year. And, it, it, it you know, most people would think more money, better housing, um, you know, better car, transportation, what have you. And it was really weird. They wanted to get a Keurig uh, coffee maker so they could make a cup at a time and just not, you know, uh, have a whole pot sitting there for, you know, however long and then have to make a fresh one every now and then. And so that made a difference in their day. They can, it's convenient for them. Uh, they can go in and they can have one uh, coffee whenever they want it and it's fresh and it's hot. And then they can come back three hours later and do the same thing and get the same fresh hot cup of coffee, you know, uh, again. And so that, that was one of the things that they, you know, that they were talking about. And, um, so, you know, that we, we made that note. And then, uh, a lot of things, when I was in, on the track and, and this goes back in the early eighties up until just here, you know, uh, some years ago when I left the track, um, one of the important things is to, it's camaraderie for the uh, for the barn, and the best way to do that is to pick a night during the week. Maybe it's on a Saturday or, or you know what have you, depending on your race or show schedule. But you pick a night, and, and that's your barbecue night. Uh, you can barbecue. You can bring in uh, all kinds of uh, different foods, and and just set aside one night a week to where you can get all get together and you know like a family. In which you are, you're an equine family, and really sit down, relax, and enjoy it. And some of the best uh, parties that we've ever had on, on the racetrack uh, at, at the time, um, we would have, uh, uh, for example, some of our grooms that we had, um, their families, um, they were from uh, Mexico, and we had some great Spanish dishes. Um, we had uh, some uh, Italians that um, were working with us. And, and we had some great Italian nights. Um, we had an Irish exercise riders, had some great Irish uh, food, uh, you know, and, and it was really good because it broke, broke up the monotony of, you know, uh, barbecue, burgers, hot dogs, that type of thing. And, and you would be surprised how educational it is also to, um, you, you know, do these things. And, and that's what we're trying to do, uh, you know, with all these uh different things that we're doing. Uh, and it's so exciting, uh, you know, to, to find out more about, uh, you know, um, uh, about uh, Irish food or Chinese food or what have you. So, you know, that was good. So we keep going and, and we keep thinking about a lot of different things that we're doing during that week that uh, we're on to, um, uh, you know, organization. 
And once you start taking care of these things uh, before you go, uh, you know, to um, uh, your shows or your sales or what have you, it makes it really exciting. And then the other thing uh, that that we're trying to really uh, suggest strongly, for example, uh, let's say you're going to Ocala or Lexington or uh, Parker, Colorado, for example, for a horse show. Uh, one of the things that um, I like to do, and, and again, uh, it's really pretty good. Triple uh, A, uh, I haven't been a member of Triple A forever, but they have these trip tickets. And whenever you go to, um, uh, let's say from Florida to Parker, Colorado, or to Lexington or, or what have you, the greatest thing in the world is is to have that Triple A trip ticket uh, because they give you all the gas stations and restaurants and hotels and all the interesting things um, from uh, from Florida to Lexington, we'll say. And it really makes it nice because sometimes uh, um, you get in a jam and, and or you get tired and you want to stop and, and you just flip open the book and, it, and it's right there, you know, right at your fingertips. And, and that's what I like about that. And also, um, I like to go to the Chamber of Commerce, uh, whatever area I'm going to, to their websites. Uh, of that local um, city and, and, and state, and, and they tell you everything that, that there is to uh, see around, uh, you know, uh, that area, uh, which is really nice and, and because, uh, uh, you know, you, sometimes you need a little break from the horses, and there's a lot of things that you might be able to uh, go see, um, you know, and, and take that little break. Like, for example, when you go to Saratoga, um, Lake George is fairly close to Saratoga, and it's a beautiful place uh, full of historic uh, uh, things that are there, um, good shopping. Um, the, the, it's just great, you know, and you get away from the horses. Uh, then uh, also in Saratoga, they have a, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, which they call SPAC, and they usually have a lot of um, good concerts there all summer long. Um, and you can see that uh, they have the uh, American Ballet that is there. And there's so many things to do. And if you get their um, uh, call into the Chamber of Commerce and get their information, they usually send you a real nice map of, of the region or the area. And, and it shows you how to get where you're going, you know, and that, that's really nice. So you can do that for any community in any state. And, and I really enjoy uh you know, looking at those because it kind of gives you a break from the horse business. And, and even if it's just for an afternoon, uh, you know, to go get a, a nice meal and a real nice uh, um, state park or restaurant, uh, you know, that's all part of the planning. And these are things that you could, you could start planning like we've been talking about now. You could start planning now and kind of get an idea of what you want to do and get a general um, uh, concept of the area and, and wherever you're going and, and just uh, go from there. Then the other thing uh, that's very, very important is getting in contact with your vet uh, when you get ready to travel. Uh, you, if you're going from uh, Florida to Lexington or Florida to Parker, Colorado, uh, if you get with your vet, then they can line up vets in those areas uh, that, that your vet recommends uh, to deal with, and then that way you've got that number and, and that vet's uh, address and everything that you need to know about that vet uh, in, in your, you know, in your plans. Uh, that's that's good to know. And then a lot of the uh, the show horse people um, sometimes will ship their own horses, and when you're shipping, um, it, it can be difficult at times. Uh, you know, it, it, you can have all kinds of situations down the road. And the best thing to do is to join um, one of the um, clubs like U.S. Rider, for example, that, that provides uh, road services, uh, flats, uh, fixing flats, uh, jumping batteries, uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, that, that's always good to have that number handy because whenever you're traveling, you can get somebody right in that area to come and help you. Uh, you know, so, so that's really, really important is to have a number like that, you know, in your plans. Uh, and, and then the other thing, too, is um, always have a backup plan. Uh, 
uh, with transportation companies, uh, uh, you know, on your trip, uh, whether it's Brookledge, Sally, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's all kinds of good, good companies that are out there, both local, uh, local, regional, and national. Uh, and there, Tim Duda is a good company uh, to for flying horses. Um, they're good at what they do, and they've got a good program. Uh, IRT is another company uh, that you can call if you want to fly horses uh, to wherever you're going. They do, and they can help you with the ground transportation. But um, it's good to have all these numbers um, ready to go so that you're not panicking when you're out on the road. Um, the other thing is to, uh, when you're shipping, especially if you're shipping your own horses, is to make sure that you've got a, a bag of feed and a couple bales of hay and, and extra water on your trailer in case you break down. Um, now, I had an instance here uh, a few years back that uh, I was going to uh, from Lexington to Ocala, and uh, we broke down uh, about 90 miles north of Ocala. And it was it, there was not a lot of uh, things out there that we could do, and we had yearlings on there, and I had the yearlings all in box stalls, and um, I had feed, and I had hay, and I had water. So we called the farm in Ocala, and we told them that we were broke down. Um, we had mechanics that were coming, uh, you know, to help us get started, and the, the farm manager he literally panicked. He comes flying up from Ocala. He gets up there, and he gets to the trailer, and he says, where are the horses? And I said, well, they're in the trailer. He said, I don't see them. So they, all these yearlings, they were laying down. They had had their hay. They had their water, and they were all laying down sleeping because this was in the middle of the night. You know, but again, we were prepared for what had happened, uh, you know, to us, uh, and it made things a lot easier. We didn't have to go, um, you know, digging for, uh, uh, you know, for somebody to, help us find hay or water, or, you know, that type of thing. So th those are the things that are, that are important. Also, um, get with your veterinarian. And when you get with your veterinarian, you tell them, okay, we're traveling. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is how long we anticipate the trip to be. This is the weather forecast, hot, cold, rainy, snow, whatever. And, and you talk, you sit down and you talk with your, and, and you put together a uh, veterinarian medical kit in case you have a horse that gets, um, uh, you know, hurt on the trip and you need to bandage the horse, uh, you need to disinfect it and do whatever you normally would do, uh, you know, with your horse. And also um, this, uh, a good thing is is to get with your vet and get an oral trans tranquilizer for your horse. Um, you know, that, that would be a, a good step to make uh, to help the horse in case, uh, you know, you need to tranquilize the horse. And again, I emphasize an oral tranquilizer uh, for your horse. It makes it a lot easier. And the reason I say that is, is um, uh, a groom, a uh, hot walker, uh, the driver, just about anybody can, you know, administer an oral medication. And that's usually the safest and best way to go, you know, when you're out, out on the road like that. And then again, you know, your vet would have your phone numbers uh, along the way. Uh, what I like to do when I was traveling is I would have, um, say, if I was going from uh, uh, Chicago to um, uh, to Atlanta uh, with a show horse, what I'd do is about every 100 miles, uh, I would uh, figure out uh, who was in that 100-mile radius, uh, a vet, uh, for example. Um, I know that once I started, uh, once I got uh, halfway on that 100 miles, we'll say, uh, that there was a vet behind me 50 miles and a vet in front of me, right and present, and a vet in the uh, next 50 miles. And, and it's always nice to have those numbers, um, you know, at hand uh, when you're going down the road because you can get to a vet pretty quick. And that cuts down on time of calling your vet to find, to find the vet. So, um, you know, that, that's one thing uh, that, that you can do. Um, you know, there's just so many things to organize horses, uh, your horse operation, uh, uh, not only on the road but at the farm. Uh, you know, uh, vaccinations uh, is, is another big step uh, coming up here in, in January. Uh, you want to 
uh, have all their medical records of the horses um, that, that you're involved with uh, for vaccinations, uh, health certificates, Coggins. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that uh, need to be done, uh, you know, and, and if you have what, what I call a passport, uh, it's got all that information in it, the owner's names, uh, the trainers, uh, uh, everybody involved with the horses, uh, the medical records, uh, you know, uh, state permits to travel through each state, uh, uh, what's exactly required, and that, that's all part of the passport. Uh, you need to know the state uh, ag, ag laws for each state that you're traveling through. Uh, that, that's very helpful to have all that. And these holders kind of, these binders kind of get big, uh, you know, if you're traveling a lot and showing a lot. Um, so that, you know, that's uh, a thing that you organize this time of year. Um, another thing uh, that you, you want to do is you also want to uh, organize yourself for the rules and regulations of whatever shows or whatever racetracks you're going to. Uh, you want to make sure that you, and your owners and your employees understand the rules at each facility that you attend. That's very important. It classes up your operation and it makes you look like you know what you're doing. That's the main thing. You know, it's giving that presence of success. And it also keeps uh, uh, you on the road to, uh, to a win or to a gold medal or, or to being successful. When you when you know the rules where you're at, uh, I know here uh, here at Sunshine Meadows and at Palm Beach Downs and Delray Equestrian, it's kind of um, frustrating uh, to have people come driving it through uh, the facility at a high rate of speed. You know, oh well, I didn't realize it. Well, you know that that's obvious. You know, my main concern: do they know the rules? Do they know what the speed limit is? Uh, do know do they know what they can and can't do on on the on the facility or property? That's the main thing. And and what we try to do here is we relieve ourselves of a little bit of responsibility because our our days are so long and so hectic. What we do is we go to each one of the trainers, be it thoroughbred show horses or you know just regular riding horses. We go to each one of the trainers. And we make sure that they have a copy of the rules and regulations. And then that way, what we do is we're following up. If someone speeds, we go to them and say, okay, you know, you're speeding. Why, uh, you know, were you speeding and who's your trainer? Well, they tell us why they were speeding. And then they tell us who the trainer is. And, you know, then we go to the trainer and say, hey, look, you know, this is the deal. You know, you got people that are breaking the rules and regulations, and you got to straighten that out. And it saves a lot of confrontation with us and the people that are on our property if we start getting that, um, you know, list of responsibility. Where does it start? And where does it stop? Uh, you know, that's what that's what we're trying to do there. So if you're doing all these things that we've just been talking about in the last half hour here. Uh, you know, it makes your uh, equine season a, a lot uh, more exciting. Uh, that, that's that's what uh, what it's all about. Oh, and, and the one last thing that, that I suggest is um, at all the facilities and all the shows that you attend, get the get the information on that facility's uh, photographer uh, because a lot of times you don't have a, a lot of time, uh, you know, to um, stop and take pictures. And if you can get with the uh, photographers and the videographers that are at these facilities, it makes it much nicer because they got a lot of good packages that are available that you can uh, get those memories, you know, uh, capture those memories in film or, you know, or photographs. And, and that's the main thing um, is is getting those memories so that you can look at them down the road. When you get old like me, you can say back, oh, yeah, I remember when – well, these chargers won by 10 links, really won by a nose. But as you get older, the links get further, just like your age. And also, but the photographer is somebody that uh, you really need to get a hold of, uh, you know, when you get to those facilities. So that's all part of the organizational aspect of uh, what you're doing. And each, each person does it different. 
um, you got different things to do and, you know, in different places that you're going and you kind of find out what, what all's in, you know, uh, your, your organization. Uh, and I tell you one of the, the toughest things that we have to do and, and especially, well, like if you got an RV, it helps, but you know, if you don't have an RV and you're in a hotel or, uh, you know, what have you, it is the food. The food situation is, is really tough. Uh, what I do is I make a list of uh, where you can go and get a grab-and-go uh, right off the bat, especially like if you're going in in the morning and you're out of a hotel. You can go in and get, grab a coffee and a quick little breakfast. Uh, then you know where you can get lunch, uh, whether it's a Burger King or McDonald's or pizza or whatever. And then at nighttime, uh, you always like to get a good good restaurant to go to. So that, that's a good thing to do is make a list of the, of the restaurants and, and the food situation. Um, when you're gone. So um, that's it on organization. Um, you know, so uh, remember, start doing that now. Start doing that now. Don't put it off to the last minute because it'll just cause you stress down the road. Okay. Now, one of the things that I have always been interested in, and I was interested in it before this all got real big, uh, it's now just taking everything by storm. Uh, you would be surprised at um, the different things that are coming up available for the horse uh, the, the horse racing entity. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And when we say the horse racing entity, we're talking about um, racing for standard breads, uh, quarter horses, and uh, thoroughbreds is what we're talking about. So um, it, it's the second life for these horses. A lot of times you get a horse that, uh, uh, on a track and when you take him out of training, uh, you think, oh, you know, he's probably glad that he's going out to pasture and all he's got to do is walk around and eat grass and, and just live out his days. You know, and, and that's not generally the case. Uh, a lot of these horses, um, you know, they get used to, and horses are creatures who have it, they get used to training and, and racing and, and and everything, and, and they just get bored, you know, like we would uh, when, when you retire. And so now they have a lot of good programs out there. Um, it's called uh, one, one of them, and we'll talk particularly about the thoroughbreds right now, but the standardbreds also have a, a program similar to this. It's called the Thoroughbred Incentive Program. Um, it was uh, created by the Jockey Club. Um, to encourage uh, the retraining of thoroughbreds into all other disciplines upon completion of careers in the racing and breeding industry. Uh, Jockey Club created the Thoroughbred Incentive Program, which they call TIP, um, has, has a, uh, a number of programs geared towards all riders and thoroughbreds. Generally, all information on TIP uh, programs can be found on the website um, T-J-C-T-I-P. Uh, it's really a, a good thing that they have. And so what they do is they start uh, they start uh, training, rehoming, they call it, horses for showing, uh, whether it's your sods, you know, hunter-jumpers, uh, um, trail riding, uh, you name it, whatever it is uh, uh, they can do with the horses. Uh, and it's amazing how well they adapt. Now, uh, for example, the uh, dressage horse, which is a horse that ha that is taught um, how to dance, we'll say, to music, uh, is what the dressage horses do. Uh, very difficult discipline because it's not a natural gait from the horse. It has to be acquired and taught to the horses. And it's ironic that the standard breads seem to be adapting to dressage very quickly and, and really making a statement for their breed, uh, which is really uh, unusual, especially if you're going in dressage. So that, that, that's really, you know, something to take a look at. And, and so now they've got a purpose. Uh, they're training uh, for, you know, a discipline, and, and now they've got a purpose. So they're, they're happy again because they're, they're working, they're they're uh, you know, getting up and they're doing their training, uh, not as, as extensively as, um, you know, racing, 
but you know it's showing, and which can be this this is just difficult, uh, you know, with what they're doing. So uh, the tip program uh, has gotten gotten a, a real big uh, uh, boost in uh, what they're doing, and I tell you what, uh, you see a lot of these owners now wonder what to do with their horses when they quit running, and uh, you know they they just kind of confused, but now they're getting them into tip programs. And um, there's a program that I'm involved with that's going to we're going to be announcing here soon. Uh, we're going to be taking uh, horses off the racetrack and bringing them in and rehoming them. And what we hope to do is we hope to have them in a position to where they can start their show horse training within 30 days uh, from the time that we get them. And uh, the horses will be uh, all up for purchase. Uh, the range in price from uh, $2,500 to $3,900. And then that way, um, that, that makes an affordable price pretty much for a horse person to come in and get a horse and start training for show horses, for show jumping and, and uh, you know, what have you. And they're coming in and, and they won't be hot, uh, as they call them, off of the track. Uh, they'll be uh, uh, calmed down and ready to roll as far as, um, you know, uh, the show industry is concerned. And the thing that I like about it is if if they're gone out of our possession in 30 days, uh, they have no habits. And the only habits they have are going to be the habits of the trainers that they, that they go to. And that's very, very crucial because every, every horse trainer, uh, whether it's racing or showing, uh, they all have their own, uh, uh, little uh, uh, things that they do with the horses. And some trainers uh, might not like it, some might. You know, so it, it basically it gives them a, a, a piece of raw clay uh, to build whatever you want with. And that's what we're doing in this uh, in this 30-day program and hope to get them moving, you know, out to the show horse industry. And, and what I like about it is with the horses that we'll be turning out and selling, are horses that can grow with the rider. And that's very, very, uh, very crucial to do. And, and I've seen a lot of struggles with the show horses. And I mean, I've seen some big time show horses sell uh, here in, in South Florida. And you bring a rider in and, and the rider doesn't know the horse and the horse doesn't know the rider, you know, and it makes it kind of difficult. But it's a ready-made horse, you know, and, and the good riders and owners and trainers they, they know how how to deal with that but what i like about what we're doing is when you come and get a horse at, at uh, our association what's going to be nice is that that horse can grow as your rider grows and you can take a young uh young rider put them on the horse and they can start learning with each other and growing uh you know together and, and it's really nice to, to have that happen and that's, it doesn't matter how talented you are or how talented you're not. Uh, these You and your horse can both grow together. And that's what I like about the uh, the, the TIP program. Um, and then at the shows, uh, most all the shows have a division for the TIP horses, um, which is kind of interesting, you know, to see. And, and unfortunately, as I've noticed uh, over the years with the TIP programs, uh, you might have five or six horses, if, if that, in, in that tip class. And, and the reason that is is because uh, uh, there's not a lot of people that have a lot of thoroughbred horses, you know, to um, uh, to ride. And so, you know, it was became a problem there for a while. Uh, not many people were riding thoroughbreds, and they thought the else they could do is race, but they really turned out to be great show horses. And also, um, you know, we got to talking one day and, uh, you know, how can we make this better? Well, exactly what we're talking about now is make a, make the thoroughbred horse affordable and easy to ride where the riders can learn and grow with them. And that's what they're doing now. They're starting to realize that, uh, you know, that this tip program can be pretty good. So we still, uh, you know, that's answered the problem for uh, – off-the-track thoroughbreds, 
Um, so that, that's answering the problem. This is a good program. Uh, it's really taking popularity and, um, you know, things are getting better. But we're taking it another step. Instead of getting buried down in a horse show somewhere with horses of all breeds, we're created a thoroughbred show horse circuit here in Florida. And we're right now we're looking at places like Jacksonville, Tampa, Ocala, uh, Delray Beach, uh, Miami, uh, you know, that type of thing, Tallahassee, and starting a tip club in each one of those areas. And then what we'll do over the, over the period of a year is we will set out and we will, um, we will have different, uh, shows in these different areas. And then at, at some time during the year, we'll have a statewide, uh, tip championship. And then, uh, these horses will be, uh, you know, uh, against thoroughbreds only. Uh, not, no other show horses. It'll be all about the thoroughbred. And, uh, so that's, that's why we're, we're creating this. And so, um, uh, we're, we're excited about it. And that's the tip program. And in order for a horse to be, uh, uh, eligible for the, for the tip program, uh, for purposes of eligibility, uh, for all tip classes and awards, a thoroughbred is defined as any horse that has been registered with the jockey club or foreign thoroughbred stud book recognized by the jockey club. Um, an unregistered horse is not, uh, eligible for the tip program. Uh, to check registration status, please log in to your account um, at the www.registry.jockeyclub.com. Um, that, that'll tell you if your thoroughbred is eligible uh, when you put in that information. And so, um, uh, you know, we just can't stress enough how important this is, is to give these uh, horses off the track. Uh, you know, uh, a place to go, uh, things to do. Um, you know, they got, uh, uh, we got national awards, state, local awards. Um, we got, to, we'll have all the show locations, uh, all the eligibility rules and regulations, what it takes to get a horse into tip, uh, you know, who the tip people are in that area, because it's conceivable that you might not have uh, a lot of tip horses in your area, uh, for example. And if you don't, then you can still be eligible to show in local and regional and state shows um, as a thoroughbred. But, you know, we're trying to get the, the TIP uh, organization together to where we have, you know, X number of horses here in Florida in the TIP program and have their own show circuit. And, and it makes a big difference, you know, when you've got uh, your own show circuit. Uh, you can get uh, good sponsors. Uh, you can get good owners, good trainers. And it's really, you know, an interesting thing to uh, to take a look at. And so that's why, uh, you know, we're really pushing the TIP program and, and to see what all it's all about. Uh, because, um, you know, we've got to have a home for these guys, you know, when they get through racing. Got to have a home for them, you know. So uh, that that's it on the TIP program and the show horse program. Uh, we'll be doing more information and uh, showing what it is and, and uh, soon we'll have a video of some nice thoroughbreds uh, uh, actually going through the process of leaving the track and coming to um, uh, coming to the show show industry. And so we'll be doing that. And then I tell you, you know, and I've been saying this all through the pandemic and all through the last year, the show horse uh, the, the horse business of all breeds is really getting good. I'm telling you, we're getting new owners, we're getting new people. Uh, they're realizing that, um, you know, it's a good uh, thing for their kids and, and, and their families to enjoy. Um, you know, it, it gives them something to do. The whole family can participate in, uh, go to going to shows, going to everything. Uh, it just makes it great uh, for a family uh, situation. And to show you how good it's getting, uh, you kind of like watch what the, the big showgrounds and what the big racetracks do and, and how they do it. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, they, they really get into the communities and, and, uh, really help the communities. Uh, each track does, uh, each organization does. 
And one of the things that, um, you know, I was really uh, glad to see is that Delaware Park uh, Racetrack uh, donates uh, $6,000 to Breast Cancer Coalition. Um, it's a program that they do uh, that they start thinking about. And, you know, breast cancer affects all, all, and all, all breeds of horses. Uh, whether you're racing, uh, whether it's uh, thoroughbreds, standardbreds, uh, quarter horses, show horses. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable what they do. The Delaware Parks Casino and Racing presented the Delaware Breast Cancer Coalition with a check for $6,000. Uh, in the past few months, Meals on Wheels, uh, Delaware Boys and Girls Clubs of Delaware, um, numerous uh, funds for children's health and Habitat for Humanity, uh, Newcastle County all received donations from Delaware Park, uh, totaling $25,000. And see, that just goes to show you uh, that the uh, uh, tracks and the show horse facilities are giving back to their communities. And, and you'd be surprised how many people do not realize how much the horse industry affects their communities. Um, when you get when you get a, a show that comes into town and brings a thousand people, or they're going to shopping at your Walmart, your Burger Kings. Uh, you know they're getting gas. They're going to the grocery stores. Um, you know they're doing everything in uh, in your area, supporting you know the hotel, motel industry. Um, they do all those things, and it really helps the community out. And that's what we're trying to start to uh, educate uh, the the communities about the horse industry. Uh, there's there's very few areas in this country that aren't uh, affected by the horse industry. Uh, you know, it, it provides tons of jobs, uh, that type of thing. And, and to show how you are boosting these things up, um, it was uh, interesting uh, this week. Uh, we got some information uh, across the news wires, they say, the professionals say, the Colonial Old Downs uh, in New Kent County, uh, Virginia, the Racing Commission has asked to bring um, to uh, their racetrack, Colonial Downs, uh, live racing uh, on the weekends. Um, so they're, they're going to be doing that. Uh, it'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, in, in, in contrast to what they used to have Monday through Wednesday. Uh, they're, they're wanting to take uh, get in the weekends so they can get a better uh, – a better uh, turnout, uh, you know, there at the racetrack. Uh, it would be highlighted by the $300,000 Virginia Derby would run on September 9th, 2023. So they're, they're getting excited and, and they're trying to do uh, things of, of that nature to kind of help uh, out, you know, the industry. And, and it does by getting them there on the weekends. And Colonial Downs is a great place to go to. Um, it's... Uh, uh, it's close to Jamestown, and there's so much in that area more than racing, and it just makes a great weekend if you can um, involve some, uh, you know, horse racing and some camping and travel and historical, you know, facilities that they have there. It's just unreal. So uh, it's going to be um, uh, one of those things. And one of those things to help Colonial Downs uh, with their three-day weekend is uh, Churchill Downs, which is CDI, a request moving the 2023 Arlington Million to Colonial Downs. Uh, it's been held at, uh, it usually was held in Chicago at Arlington Park, but since Arlington Park is no longer there, uh, Churchill had moved it to uh, Churchill Downs. And so now, in order to help boost up uh, Colonial Downs, uh, they uh, they want to do, uh, uh, you know, racing the Colonial, uh, or Arlington Million at Colonial Downs. And it'll be a great draw. Uh, people will go see some great racing that day and see some of the best, uh, um, you know, horses in the world there. And they're wanting to do that. And hopefully that, that'll get approved, uh, you know, real quick. Uh, you know, for them. again, it's bringing more people and building uh, dollars up for the community um, at, um, you know, in, in New Kent, uh, Virginia there. And that's that's great. It's right off of 64. It's a major thoroughfare, easy to get to, easy to get away from, and a lot to do there. And, uh, you know, that, that's all part of what the business is trying to do. It's more than just racing. It's about building community. And, and speaking of building communities, 
uh, we're going to talk about Belmont here. Uh, Belmont Park uh, modernizes to add jobs and impact uh, the economy. Um, the activities at Belmont Park will generate $155 million a year, the study said. Uh, we are in New York Racing, a coalition of small businesses, labor unions, nonprofits, and trade associations aligned to simplify the sport of horse racing. Um, uh, it's really important that they do that in, in, in the state, and especially in New York. They, their economy, you know, this will build their economy. Um, it, they'll, they'll be doing all kinds of things and building the facilities up uh, to where it should be. Um, you know, I, I was uh, just sitting here thinking the other day, all those people in New York, where are they going and what are they doing? Uh, you know, and, and so now we know. It says the benefits of the new of the new Belmont Park. These are the key findings. The catalytic investment, Naira's $455 million investment, will go towards con, um, consolidating downstate racing activity within a new modern facility at Belmont Park, unlocking adjacent acreage uh, and the aqueduct site for economic development. So in other words, what they would be doing is they would be giving up uh, aqueduct racetrack pretty much for economic development in that area and, and, uh, and expanding Belmont Park, which would be a good thing to do. It's a world-class uh, uh, sports entertainment uh, destination, leveraging a new complete uh, UBS arena, uh, the LIRR uh, station, uh, Long Island Railroad station there, uh, these investments will deliver on true potential of Belmont District. With modern, modernized facilities and the year-round racing, attendance will nearly double with $86 million in Newgate revenues. So they're going to ge generate an extra $86 million just in racing um, there uh, by expanding like they want to do. A significant new uh, economic impact is one point. Uh, billion one-time uh, economic impact of a billion dollars from construction supporting 3,700 temporary jobs and 45 million in state and local tax revenues, while uh, advancing workforce development goes through um, uh, the labor unions, uh, unions and, and jobs. 155 million dollar annual economic impact from spending and operations. 740 permanent jobs uh, will be in place, and 51 million in labor income, and 110 million in state and, lack of, uh, state and local uh, tax revenues. Um, it's just amazing what this is going to do, the impact that this is going to have on, on New York, uh, not only the city but the state. It's just unbelievable. Uh, New York State could um, re, uh, reapply uh, the one billion in proceedings from uh, Aqueduct upon moving all downstate racing activity to Belmont, resulting in significant additional economic activity through the potential creation of affordable housing, entertainment, retail, and or logistics production hubs. A modern uh, right-size facility at Belmont will advance state uh, sustainability goals with the potential for uh, the site to become an energy net energy exporter. Uh, Naira's investment will also unlock 45 acres of infield open space, which can re, uh, serve as a new community amenity. So they're going to open up the um, interior part uh, of the uh, racetrack at Belmont, which has never been done. And it would be similar to like the Churchill Downs, where you would literally have a, a, um, a small city inside the racetrack uh, for racing and sporting events that they would have. Uh, it's just amazing what they're going to be doing with it. Uh, you know, it's got world-class sports entertainment district there. Uh, it's environmentally sustainable facilities, uh, community and workforce development, increased local economic activity, increased local state uh, taxes, and consolidation of downstate racing, which is going to be great. You know, um, It'll be interesting to see how you know how this project goes, and they they made a lot of head, headway on it. Uh, they made an awful lot of headway on it. Uh, the thing that uh, I think uh, uh, is going to be 
something different at Belmont. At, uh, for example, um, it's the new uh, the new right sized grandstand side uh, grandstand. It's going to have 275,000 square feet of state of the art amenities, new commercial development opportunity on freed acreage. All new racing services, weatherized synthetic track for year-round racing, 45 acres of infield space unlocked by new vehicular pedestrian tunnels, and full-time year-round uh, Long Island Railroad service coming uh, to Belmont um, uh, USB Arena, uh, which they have a nice new indoor arena for hockey and and everything that they uh, you know you can do there in New York in the winter and summertime. And that's one of the things that um, that we're trying to explain to uh, people is the importance of uh, the importance of, of the horse industry. You literally are creating a whole new city in New York uh, where people can live and, and and work and be right there. And, and I know a lot of people in the, in the Elmont area, uh, New Hyde Park area, uh, down through there. This would be fantastic for them because, you know, uh, some of them would be within walking distance of their job from their houses or apartments that they're in now, you know, and that's going to help cut down on a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's just uh, unbelievable, uh, you know, to to have uh, the horse industry generate uh, this type of thing. And, and, and you know, the, the report that came out, it says the initial – $455 million redevelopment will generate an additional economic activity through the indirect and induced effects resulting from approximately $1 billion in total one-time construction impacts and supporting 3,700 temporary jobs and $45 million in tax revenue, which we have already explained. Total one-time economic impact, $1 billion. Temporary jobs, 3,700. 45 million in tax revenue, $551 million direct one-time economic impact, including 455 million direct initial investment uh, into a new racing facilities. Um, It's just a one-time state tax revenue of $30 million. Uh, Indirect and and induced one-time economic impact in New York uh, New York State, $450 million. Um, in, indirectly, or indirect and in, induced temporary uh, employment, uh, 1885 uh, $15 million one-time local uh, tax revenues. So it, it goes on and on what they're going to be doing in the horse industry. And the, the, the interesting part about this is the fact that a lot of communities can do this, whether it's New York, whether it's L.A., whether it's, um, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta's got some nice areas up there that potentially could entertain something like this. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how how the horse industry not only creates jobs, but expands, you know, the the the, uh, the property values and how it gives the a whole new uh, segment to the state. Uh, it's like uh, it's like um, wheat is to uh, Kansas, you know, or uh, corn is to Iowa, uh, you know, that type of thing. They they've got their own niche in their building, and, and the great thing about it is, is this going to create a lot of jobs? And you don't have to know about horses to go build, uh, you know, to go build a building, uh, you know, to help the horse people. But indirectly, you are a, a horse person because you're building horse facilities. And so that's what we're trying to, uh, you know, tell everybody is, um, you know, get organized. Get organized better than I do. So, you know, you can, you can listen to my show and say, hey, that's how not to be organized and, and do your own thing. But uh, re- remember, get organized, do your own thing, uh, get out, support these new facilities that are being built and the old facilities that are being built. Uh, you know, go see a polo match, go see a horse show, go see horse racing, go to the sales. Uh, it's a great thing for, um, you know, move, uh, to, for the family to go see. And, uh, you know, come to our website, org, and give us a, a, a holler, email us, and let us know what you'd like to know about the industry. So I've rambled on enough to confuse you guys enough and everything. So um, 
you know, we'll be looking forward to next uh, next Thursday. It'll be our Christmas show. Uh, it will be uh, Thursday at 1 o'clock on BBS Radio and TV. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida, and the International Equine Network.